thank you for tuning in to the Diligent Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we talk about the Bible, speak the truth, and make Bible study come to life. Here is your host, Joshua Cantrell. Welcome to another episode of the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. And I am once again your host, Joshua Cantrell. For this particular season, we have been asking the question, how do you handle? And we have been labeling that with a series of different questions that will encourage us, that will challenge us, that will convict us. But ultimately, that will shape our lives to help us be more like King Jesus the Christ. In this particular episode of the Diligent Podcast, we are again asking the question, how do you handle? And we are again talking about enemies or the importance of loving your enemies. And of course, when we read the Bible, when we read the New Testament, it speaks volumes about the importance of loving your enemies, the importance of esteeming others better than yourselves. And certainly over the next few episodes, we are certainly going to talk about that, but If you remember the last time we were together, we were discussing public enemy number one. And of course, we know that to be the devil uh, himself. And we looked at Luke chapter 22, the account there where Jesus tells uh, Simon that Satan desires to sift him like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted to strengthen the brethren. And of course, we know Peter made that great confession, Lord, I'll go with you both to prison and to death. And so today we want to examine that same topic just from a different section of scripture. Again, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. The fact that Satan desires you in the Greek text has the idea that Satan has asked for permission. Satan can't do anything until God gives him permission, which lets us know, again, his power is so limited. And that gives me hope as a reader, as a listener, as a individual who is molding their life after God the Father. In Job chapter 1, God asks Satan, where are you coming from? From going to and fro in the earth. And then God said, have you tried? Or have you considered my servant, Job? Satan says, well, I would, but you have a hedge of protection around him. I can't touch him because you've got him protected. And I'm thankful Satan can't do anything to me because I have that hedge of protection around me. David says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Satan has people who are out to hurt you. But when God has that hedge of protection around you, God can have your enemies watch you eat off his blessings. God can fix it where you can't hurt me. Even when you talk about me, it's okay. Because God is preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And no one can touch me, again, because God has that protection around me. There is nothing you can do as long as God has the hedger. Now, there will come a day when God lowers the hedge. And that's when the real you will be tested. 
And Satan's argument is, God, if you lower the hedge, I can get Job to curse you to your face. Again, Satan is after your faith. He attacked Job and did it consecutively. The text will say in Job chapter 1, while he yet spake, something else happened. What is Satan doing? He's trying to say that Job only praises you because of what you have given him. God, let me sift him. Let me show you who he really is. Things happen, and it's not because you've been bad. Things just happen. But a faith untested is a faith not worth having. There are many of times we go through things and your faith gets shaken. But let me ask you a question. What do you do when your faith is shaken? What do you do when it seems as if everyone and everything has turned against you? You're moving away from the church. You're not coming to Bible class anymore. And Satan is saying, look what I told you, God. Job didn't understand, but he did say, though he slayed me, yet will I trust in him. I don't fully understand why this is happening to me, but I will trust God even when it doesn't make sense. That's faith. You trust God even when you don't see the logic. We walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Even when I don't see a way, my faith is saying God will make a way. There's a song, which I'm sure many of you have heard. And if you haven't heard, I'm sure you've heard some versions of it. And the song goes more or less, I know the Lord will make a way for me. Or I know the Lord will find a way for me. Job got really confident at the end of Job chapter 1. Of course, we know in Job chapter 1, the Bible says in verse number 20, Then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell upon the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked came out my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Job 1.22, the Bible says, In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Satan got permission from God to see if Job was a real or fake. Christianity causes us to be real or fake. And when the hard times come, you will see the real from the fake. Remember the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah in Daniel chapter 3? Even if God doesn't do anything, you know, you have faith when you tell your enemies, even if God doesn't do anything, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to have confidence in him. I'm going to believe in him. Even if a doctor says there is no other way. And if it means I will never get well. I'm still able to say I'm going to trust in him. If God does nothing, in our minds, we still need to be committed to God. We are loyal to God. And that's faith. Many lose faith because we want God to do something that he doesn't do. Again, in Job chapter 1, the charge there is, God, you're not worthy to be served. You have to buy your service. The only reason Job serves you is because you have blessed him and hedged him, Job 1.10. 
And he begins with this notion. Take some stuff from him and he will curse you to your face. Notice some things that transpire that give us some insight into Satan. Number one, Satan is not eternal. The Bible says in Job 1 verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Satan is not eternal. In scripture, Satan is associated with angels. There are angels coming to God and Satan is among them. In fact, Satan speaks of the devil. In fact, excuse me, Paul speaks of the devil and his angels. The devil is not eternal. God is. But then second, we, we learn this about Satan in verse number seven. The Bible says, and the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth. And from walking up and down in it. Now those are his words. Satan that is. They tell us that Satan is not omnipresent. He's walking to and fro. And when he's to he can't be fro. And when he's fro he can't be to. But his own self he says. I'm not going anywhere at one time. Everywhere at one time. But God is. God is eternal. God is omnipresent. Satan isn't. Look at verse 8 through 11. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in all the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feared God, and he with evil? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for not for nothing? Hast thou not made the hedge of protection about him, and about his house, and about all that you have given him on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and the substance is increased in the land. Put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. This is a direct statement by Satan. If his things are touched, he will curse you to your face. He doesn't know everything. He's, um, he's not omniscient. People say, well, Satan knows your weaknesses. He didn't know Job's. If he knew what it would take for Job to curse God and die, why didn't he do that? Twice he has an opportunity and he fails both times. There is one who is eternal and that is God. There is one who is omnipresent and that is God. There is one who is omniscient, Psalm 139, and that is God. But fourthly, look at verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon him shall put not forth his hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Satan is not omnipotent. Satan didn't touch Job because he was compassionate. You don't believe that Satan started touching Job because he's merciful? There was one reason that Satan didn't start out touching Job in his thing. And the reason is found in verse number 12. God said, don't touch him. And so he obeyed. He touched all his stuff. And on the second occasion, when Satan came back in chapter 2, 4 to verse 5, God said, fine. But just don't kill him. And you read 42 chapters in this book. 
Why do you believe Job is at alive at the end of this book? Okay, you read 42 chapters. Why do you believe that he's alive at the end? Because Satan is good. Because Satan just spared him. God said, don't kill him. And Satan obeyed. That's submission. Because of Jesus and what he has done, Satan is defeated. So why do you need him? We learn in Hebrews chapter 11, that being God, why do you need God? We trust him regardless of what happens. James says in James 1, 13 through 15, Let no man say, when I am tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Satan desires to have you. But Jesus is praying that your faith fail not. And when you are converted to strengthen your brethren. But I thought Peter was already converted. Just because you're with Jesus doesn't mean you're converted. Just because you're with Jesus doesn't mean you believe in him. Paul said it best in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Satan stands defeated. His hands are tied. He has exhausted all his power in trying to defeat God, and he has failed. He was defeated when Jesus rose from the grave. Genesis 3 verse 15, of course, we read about that prophecy. In Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus Christ himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and delivered him who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. His defeat has rendered him impotent and directly causing one to do wrong. Satan can violate the free will of none. This has actually always been the case. Satan would have had more power than God, for God has never violated man's will, forcing him to obey him. None may say the devil made me do it, while Satan is powerless. Of course, we know his influence remains. What does Satan do while he still had power? Satan deceived the first couple into thinking they could be like God. Genesis 3, 2 Corinthians 3, 11. Satan fought God on the battleground, which was God's beloved servant Job, Job 1 and 2. Satan desired to see Peter like weak, like wheat, Luke 22, 31. Satan even had the audacity to try the very son of God, Matthew 4, 1. Although, with destruction assured, going directly after the enemy was his only chance at victory. His attack was foolhardy. And the attack Japanese had on Pearl Harbor, which awoken a formidable sleeping dragon. It is no wonder that he has been considered the adversary. What would Satan do today if he had the chance? If Satan could fight another battle with God, he would, but he cannot. 
If Satan were allowed to again have the power he exhibited in trying of Job, he would do the very same thing to every child of God with no remorse, but he cannot. Where it is Satan's power, he would appear before every one of God's children today. But now he has no power. What could Satan never do? Though he had more power, Satan was never omnipresent. In fact, he walked up and down in the earth. Though he had power, he was never omniscient. In fact, he had to be asked if he had considered God's servant. Satan, the sworn enemy of God, is defeated. How do you handle this enemy? How do you handle the wicked one? 1 John 3.12 How do you handle this roaring lion? 1 Peter 5.8 How do you handle this liar? John 8.44 You handle him with the power of God Almighty. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Diligent Podcast where we make Bible study come to life. And I am once again your host, Joshua Cantrell. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.